you want to follow along, we should start Tilawah from Surah Taha. I think that's 20 from Ayah 121. If you want to follow along, that's Surah Taha. Taha. And uh, Surah number 20. And you want to start with Ayah 111 or 110. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم وقد خاب من حمل ظلما ومن يعمل من الصالحات وهو مؤمن وهو مؤمن فلا يخاف ظلما ولا هضما وكذلك أنزلناه قرآنا عربيا قرآنا عربيا وصرفنا فيه من الوعيد لعلهم يتقون أو يحدث لهم ذكرا you have it open on your Qurans? Do you have it open? Can you read the next ayah with me? It's, it's unbelievable. Can you read the next ayah with me? I'll read it with you slowly. <laughs> so read it with me. <laughs> One more time. فَتَعَالَى اللَّهُ الْمَلِكُ الْحَقُّ The next ayah reads وَلَا تَعْجَلْ تَعْجَلْ Open your mouth for the ayin وَلَا تَعْجَلْ بِالْقُرْآنِ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يُقْضَى إِلَيْكَ وَحْرِ you with me one more time. تجعل بالقرآن من قبلي. The word is أن يقضى. Everyone say it with me. أن يقضى. All together. ولا تعجل بالقرآن من قبل أن يقضى إليك وحيه. Y'all know this next part. So y'all gonna read it with me, right? You should make this dua every day. I want you to growl like a bear. You know, like bears? Don't uh, purr like a kitten or like a lion. Don't roll your raw. Growl like a bear. Everyone say, grrr.
الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم افتح أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا رحمتك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام حينا وأدخلنا دار السلام يا حي يا قيوم All praise and thanks are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave us the third portion of our stomach which is called your duadnam. Your duadnam is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you and maybe you didn't stop to say Allah thanks. Without that, you would not have been able to eat chicken, beef kebab, salad and then have rice and have all of those things mixed inside your stomach but then extract the nutrients the same nutrients that you were taking from protein you could take from the from the salad as well without that part of your stomach you wouldn't be able to do it allahumma barik lana fi asma'ina allah put barakah and blessing and make us realize the blessing of sight the blessing of seeing وَأَبْصَارِنَا Allah put blessing and barakah and recognition in our sight. وَأَبْصَارِنَا وَقُلُوبِنَا And in our intellect and in our emotion, Allah put blessing and increase in it. وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا وَأَزْوَاجِنَا And in our spouses. وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا And in our children and in our offspring. وَتُبَ عَلَيْنَا And please forgive us Allah. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ For you, Allah, are the greatest of forgivers. I say unto you, as the angels will say to you, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Bismillah. This is coming to the closing of our uh, of the the seminar or the closing of the whole conference. So I need you to kind of start taking some bigger notes, big picture. You don't want to leave today's talk with information from my talk. You want to leave with what you're going to do, what you're going to do when you leave here. And the greatest weapon. So we're going to start our talk right away. The topic of my talk, sisters. Dua, supplication, asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for help. Y'all need me to stand up? Yeah. So the first thing that we're going to try to tackle today is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us and that is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through dua. This is a narration that I'd like you to take down. Take down these two narrations. If you don't write them down, memorize them please. Ali radiallahu ta'ala an guaranteed jannah. Ali radiallahu ta'ala an narrated that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the blessed Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he said to us that dua, ad-dua is the pillar of ibadah. So please repeat after me. Ad-dua huwal ibadah. One more time. Ad-dua huwal ibadah. Supplication, asking Allah is worship. And I'll say the ayah, you complete it with me. وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِي يعبدون. God made us to worship Him. And what is the ultimate form of worship? الدُّعَى هُوَ الْإِبَادَةِ We're done with this. This is the most important thing that I want you to take away. That is that dua is a pillar of Islam. This is the first thing Ali radiallahu ta'ala an said from the Prophet I intend to read you a few other parts of this hadith. He also called it a weapon of the believer. I'm only looking at it so that you can feel comfortable here. Ali radiallahu ta'ala an said supplications. A dua is a weapon for the believer. This is his narration from the Prophet He said dua is a weapon of the believer, a pillar of the religion and the light of the heavens and in the earth. Ali radiallahu ta'ala an called dua what? He, what did he call it? He called it, he called it a weapon. What do you do with weapons, brothers? What do you do with weapons? What are, why do you carry weapons? You, okay, first thing is you carry weapons to protect yourself. Number two is you carry weapons and you don't always need to use them. But you have them. This is why many people say, brother, I'll learn du'as when I get sick. I'll learn du'a, I'll learn to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the times are rough. That's like someone saying, after I die, I'll take medication. Right? That's like someone saying, I'll learn it then. How will you learn something when you're frazzled? You're going through a divorce and someone says, this is a great dua for you to read. Anyone marital issues? You don't want to learn nothing. It's very difficult to learn anything at that time. You are having trouble with finances. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the dua to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'ah. Oh Allah, give us beneficial knowledge. Wa'amalam mutaqabbala. And actions that are acceptable. Wa rizqan tayyiba. And clean, good source of rizq. Make this dua from the age of Ali's age. 14 now, right? Make from early age. Make early dua so that you can, you can find this. All of our college students who are looking for Mr. and Mrs. Wright, make dua. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina wa tuba wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yuni wa ja'alna lilmuttaqina imama. So we set the precedence that dua is undoubtedly a weapon of the believer. I'm going to take it a little bit further. There are three stages that I want you to understand. What is Quran? Quran is, who is the narrative? Who is talking in the Quran? Allah, right? So when I read Quran, Allah is talking to me. When I make dua, who is who's speaking? I am. I need stuff, Allah. So I'm going to share with you, there is one weak person in the chain that doesn't make the hadith weak. So when I tell you, one of the narrators from this hadith, he wasn't of the soundest memory. Sometimes he would forget things. So, but some people call this hadith weak. It is not. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that when people do not ask Allah, they don't say, Allah, I need you. Allah becomes angry. And it displeases Allah when you want something and you turn to someone else. It displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we need and we don't remember Him. There are two ways Allah makes insan turn to Him in dua. Anyone know the first way? Yeah? Test Him. The first way, actually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the, the second one. The first way is Allah is going to shower you with good. And He's going to say, your wealth will be good, your kids will be good, your money will be fine. And then what are you supposed to do? Then you make dua to ask Allah to keep you, to preserve what you have. But most adults in this room, when Allah gives you, do we remember Him more or less? Less. You remember Him a whole mess less. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns the key. So for example, when the going is good, it's like Ramadan. Ramadan, you're healthy, you're hale, and Allah takes food and drink and your, and your spousal rights away and says, okay, here, just kind of live without it. But then when we're fasting here and people in Syria and Palestine and Burma are being burned to death, how are they being tested? Real life. So I ask you now, turn to Allah in dua now when the time is good. And if you're like, oh, but my life's not perfect. Friends, we don't know what not imperfect is. We live in America. Everything could get better. So first turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now. Now we need to take a few very, very important parts from our talk. And literally we have like eight, nine minutes left. There are three things that happen in a philosophical society here at SLU, all the universities. I met a young man who came to a dua talk and he told me he took a gallon of milk. He said, so let me understand this. Muslims are telling me that if I make dua, if I raise my hands and I ask Somebody up there, he's going to give it to me, right? He goes, okay, and then what if I don't get it? You're going to tell me to be patient, right? So he told me, he goes, I'm going to pray to this gallon of milk, okay? And then you tell me what's supposed to happen. And I was like, well, there's an explanation. I, didn't, I waited for him to get all his hot air out. So he said, okay, I'm going to pray. Give me a million dollars. He goes, either I'll get the million dollars and you'll tell me God gave it to me, or I won't get it and you'll tell me to be patient. So I'm going to tell you the narration that the Prophet ﷺ shared with us that can help you recognize Allah's need to give us. The first narration, you need to take it. It is an adult narration because it has a very strong word inside of it. The Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. First, let's start with the first narration. The Prophet ﷺ said when a mushrik, someone who worships idols, someone who worships things that are inad, they're just stationary. And he says, oh, Hari Ram or Krishna or Ganesh or, you know, Vishnu, whoever, right? Any Hindu converts? Yeah, okay, alhamdulillah, two converts from Hinduism. Fair enough, my family came from that background as well. When they asked this statue, just get an idea of what dua is. The angels come up to the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they say, Allah, Fulan, Priya, she made dua to a statue and she asked for health. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks with the angels. What did she ask for? She's sick. Her family members are sick. 
What do we do with this dua? She asked a statue. What does Allah say? Return with what she asked for. Because Priya doesn't know anything better than to ask the elephant. So by making dua to a statue, what did Allah eventually do to their prayer? He answered. Can you imagine where we fall? Now take the second narration. I'll say that again. When I have family members like, what? We make dua to this statue? We get what we want? And I, I kind of smile. I'm like, yeah, because Allah gives it to you. Allah loves you. But then take us. This is the this is the idol worshiper worshiping the monkey face. Prophet ﷺ gave us a narration. Try to fathom this in English. Anyone know what the word yastahyi? What does it mean? In Allah la yastahyi. Maman yastahyi. Embarrassed, uh, shy. I think is the best. Embarrassed has a. I can't even say it. I can't translate it because I'm afraid to say it to Allah. Embarrassed and shy. But shyness is the stronger word. The hadith reads, when the believer opens his hands to Allah. Allahu yastahi. Allah becomes shy. That your hands go back to your lap. You put your hands down without getting what you asked for. Allah feels what when I ask Allah for mercy? What does he feel? Allah feels shy. Allah says to the angels, if I don't answer this woman's dua, no one can answer her dua. He tells the angels, give this person what they're asking for. Because Allah doesn't feel like, you know when you go to your parents and you say, Baba, please can I go to the party? Please can I go play with my friends? And you're like, no. And you samja, you explain to them, no, this is bad, this is dangerous, this is dangerous. But then at the end in your heart, you know, tell, oh, it's not going to be that bad. What do you do? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Allah does that to us. I know this thing is bad for you. I told you this thing is wrong. Tell them. Let them have it. Allah doesn't want you to put your hands down without you getting what you asked for. Allah answers the dua of the idol worshiper. What about us? Allahu yastahi. Take a moment. 10 seconds. Raise your hand now. Remember Allah now. Not at the end of the talk. Not after I get to the high iman parts. I raise your hands for one simple concept and this should end our talk for today. You know this concept of Allah, there's a hadith, it's a hadith Qudsi. Babak, can you tell me what hadith Qudsi is? Some of the kids don't know. What's hadith Qudsi? The Prophet is narrating from who? Allah, right? So the Prophet Abu Huraira will say, I heard the Prophet say, Allah said, so this is Hadith Qudsi. The Prophet ﷺ narrated that Allah Himself through the mouth of Rasulullah ﷺ said, My slave will find me, will perceive me, will understand me. My slave will recognize Allah, God, the way He perceives me. Take a second, let it soak in. If you think God's angry, punishful, uh, is going to punish you, is going to make things like difficult for you, guess what? You're going to find your life difficult. If you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you to have mercy on you, created you so that you could make a mistake, and then He could say, I love you, it's okay. Then that's how you'll find Allah. Take the 99 names of your Creator. Highlight which ones talk about punishment. It's like six. Like there's a whole lot more that talks about love. That thought, now we're going to build off of that. So what, what guman, English? What concept should you have about Allah? I'll leave you with one concept. Adam alayhi salam picks from the tree. There's the first human being ever to be created. He eats the fruit. By the way, did, uh, did he eat and then his wife forced him or what happened? No, no, this is very big. I want you guys to realize. Huma. When I add huma to a word, what does that mean? One or two? Two. Both of them ate from the tree. Eve, sisters, the root word of uh, what word makes in English? Eve makes what word? No, in English. Eve makes the word evil. You think we oppress women? You think, no, really? Just, just be here for a second. For a second. Islam oppresses women? The word Eve denotes the word evil because in, in all of Catholicism, and again, we don't point our fingers, in other religions, the word Eve makes evil because Eve was the temptress. She tempted Adam alayhi salam to eat from the tree. Is that true, Ali? No. 
That is not true at all, right? It's not true. They both ate from the tree. This is my point. We sin equally. A great scholar of the past said something beautiful. If you could take it away, I would love for you to get it. Tweet it, Facebook, change your status to this. A great scholar of the past wrote, Why do we judge each other? Why do we judge each other? When we all just sin differently. Why are you judging me that I made a sin? When you just sin differently, you don't sin my way. Anyone in this room not sin? All the time. I don't know about you guys, but all the time. Like, all the time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us and He reminds us, sin is something that turns back. Why do we judge each other when we all sin differently? No one person is sinless here. So why judge each other? So Adam alayhi Hawa alayhi they both ate from the tree. They ate from the tree. Shaitan tells them, I wish you could learn the story how Shaitan tricks them into eating out of the tree. He doesn't go up to them and be like, hmm, tempting haram apples. Let's, oh, that's all it takes for us, right? If someone tells you something's haram, what's the first thing you want? And I wish I could do that. Why can't I do that? That's us. But to them, he used a different cell and we leave it at this. I want you to raise your hands in front of Allah. Yastahi. Knowing that you will get what you want from Allah, Allah will be shy until we get what we want. And how do I, am I explaining this? When they pull the fruit from the tree, Surah A'raf, ayah number 26, the first dua ever taught to mankind. Now you raise your hands. and But you, when you raise your hands, I want you to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, Allah is overwhelmed by what we're asking. Overwhelmed is a tough word. Allah wants us. To get what we want. Anyone know what this dua is? Surah A'raf, ayah number 26. The first time Allah taught us. Say it in English. And I want you to growl your ra. Say sorry. It has a ra in it. It has an r in it. Say sorry. The first time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us how to say sorry was. Anyone knows? You gotta know this one. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam tawfir lana wa Growl your raw. Wa? Wa tarhamna. Oh Allah, you have to forgive us. Because by eating from the tree, by missing fajr, by talking to that guy I shouldn't have been talking to, by looking at what I looked at, by yelling at my spouse even though I was just in a bad mood, by losing my temper, Allah zalamna anfusana. By not praying fajr this morning, Allah's greatness didn't move an iota. By looking at haram things on the way to the conference, Allah didn't get better or worse. Zalamna anfusana. وَإِلَّمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا And say it with me. وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Dua. I, could, I teach a course on dua. It's called Quranic Supplications. It's like 17 hours long. In these 20 minutes, this was the best I could do. The only act, so I'll close on this. Only act. The only act you can do while you are in a state of janabat, while you are drunk, while you are high, you cannot pray while you're high. You cannot enter into a contract while you, what is the only thing you can do in any state? If you just finished, uh, you're in a dirty state, you're physically impure, you can't even touch Quran, what can you do? What do I gotta say after this? I'm gonna say nothing after this. The thing that the ummah stopped doing is we stopped making dua. You know what we do today? Oh, brother, you make dua for me. Auntie, you make dua for me. Say it. Say it. Say, I ask everyone, can you make dua for, no, no, don't make dua for me. Make dua for the ummah, make dua for my family. But I will make dua for every person. Think about it. But that person who says, Auntie, make dua for me. What should I do now? Yeah, and I have to make dua for you. I asked you to make dua for me. So I'm just going to sit there and we feed up on the table. Auntie's making dua for me. I have to make dua for you, right? Three things that happened. Let's tackle this. Can I get three more minutes? 
the Prophet ﷺ said three things. This is why we need to take Quranic supplications. I hate plugging myself. And I'll say this. Everyone in this room, you, you're my guest if I teach Quranic supplications here. I taught, I taught Tajweed last year. I came here and I said, I'm going to do a Tajweed class. I taught a Tajweed class. What? How many of y'all came to the Tajweed class? Come, I come to your city because I love you guys. St. Louis is special. Come, let's read Quran together. Three things happen. The Prophet said three things happen and he actually mentioned a person would make dua their whole life. Prophet said number one, when you make a dua, this is the three consequences. And this is what I told the kid with the milk jar, but he was in a philosophical world. Number one, brothers, according to the Prophet when you make dua, what's the first thing that could happen logically? You will get it. And I have wallahi experienced. Our teachers have sat and said, I wish this could happen. And literally like people women would walk by, did anyone want this extra tray of biryani or something? I was sitting by a man in Ramadan. He said, Allah, I wish I could see Masjid Al-Aqsa. Was sitting in I'tikaf. He said, I want to see Masjid Al-Aqsa. Three months later, he was sitting in Masjid Al-Aqsa with armed guards walking him in. And he said, but I have no idea how. He was sitting on a plane. He met someone who worked in the embassy and this and that. All was here is dua. You get what you want. Let me tell you, when you reach a certain level, you'll be shy to make dua. Because you'll be like, Allah, Allah, I, are you going to give me this right now? Because you could wait. Because you'll get your stuff so quickly. Number two, when you make a dua, a calamity that was coming to you, and as someone who gets sick very frequently by the mercy of Allah, and I'm thankful for it, a calamity, your car was slipping. How many parents have you been? You knew. I've been in slides, right? Car spun four times. I felt like my car f went through another car, like metaphysically went through the car. I, I was supposed to be splattered against a wall a calamity that was going to come to you, Allah will take your dua for a nice scarf, for good clothes, and He'll make that dua protect you from something. You know, BMW has that iDrive, you know, that the commercial with the angels by the wing. Y'all don't watch TV, mashallah, I'll tell you. Right? So, there are angels by the, uh, the taking care. This is the second thing. But what is the greatest thing that could happen? Unanswered dua. And this is why Allah says, and I have made dua to pray inside the Kaaba. I have made dua to get a chance to wash the grave of the Prophet Is that physically ever going to be possible? I still ask all the time. And let me tell you, it is. Because I've, I've met the people who said, I made dua 10 years ago to wash the grave of the Prophet. And now I'm a custodian of Majid Nabwi. I'm actually a physician. I met a doctor. Quit his job. What does he do? He cleans the toilets at the haram. May Allah give me that chance. Please say ameen for that. Make dua. I've been trying. There's a four-month position you can get to young men. There's a four-month position. It's paid. All you do is clean the Kaaba for four months. They opened 100 visas last year. How many people went from America? Zero. Tell yourself, yeah, I wish I could go, but you know, I got the MCATs and I've got kids. It's a reality. The third thing that could happen to the impossible du'as is on the day of judgment, a man will, a man will come. Ubaidullah will come. He will see a pile of deeds. He will see his good deeds on one side and then he'll see a glowing pile that are actually better than all his good deeds. And he'll kind of look at the angel and be like, did you put that in the wrong place? What is this extra pile? Please listen to the words. This is a hadith. They'll look at this big mountain and he will say, what, what is this? And the man will look at the angel. The angel will smile. These, you have to think about it. Remember Uncle Scrooge? DuckTales? Swim through the, okay? Think of every one of your good deeds as a gold coin. Now think of a mountain of gold coins. The Prophet ﷺ said, the man will look at it and tell the angel, what is this? And the angel will say to him, Every one of these gold coins is one of the du'as you made and Allah didn't give to you. Wait, 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 wait. The man looks at the angel and says, can you tell Allah, I wish no du'a I ever made was accepted. Because today, this is heavier than any du'a. Ask Allah, He will give it to you. Ask Allah, He will protect you. Ask Allah, He won't give it to you now. He'll give it to you then. I said it ten times. Place the SIM card over here. Place it on the ground. It's a direct connection to Allah. It's the only thing other religions don't have. Other religions have laws and covering and halals and harams. But other religions have to go to a priest and say, I did wrong. 
Allah wants you here this far. Allah gets shy. Ask throughout the day. Throughout the day. Three things that can happen. Allah gives it to you. Allah averts a calamity. Allah saves it for the day of judgment. And Allah never lies. So we will say, Allah, I wished I lived like a bum on the street with diseases and, and cancers. And they found my corpse on the street. Allah, I wish you never answered any of my duas. For today, it is more beautiful than anything else. Allahumma inni as'aduka ilman nafia. Allahu Akbar. Y'all are really bad with the takbir. Y'all need to play Simon Says again. When I was little, man, uncle would say, the whole crowd would explode. Non-Muslims would be like, Allahu Akbar. <laughs> I swear to God, just, just get them to stop talking. Allahumma inni as'aduka ilman nafia wa amalam mutaqabbala wa rizqan tayyiba. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah. Oh Allah, we ask for Jannah. Oh Allah, we ask for the speech and the actions that will bring us closer to Jannah. Oh Allah, save us from the hellfire. Oh Allah, we pray and ask. Allah, some of us are aching and we have difficulty in our life today. Allah, please help us. Allahumma alif bayna qulubina. Oh Allah, some of us are angry with our family members. Mend our hearts. And make our situations right. Allah, we want to be religious. Please make us amongst those who love you. Allah, guide us to the straight, clean path. Don't make us amongst those who argue about Islam. Make us amongst those who love Islam. Oh Allah, take us from the multiple paths of darkness into one light. Make us love each other, love what is clean and pure. Oh Allah, save us from the dirty things that are available to us. Oh Allah, save us and protect us from the ills and the lewdness and the perverseness of Hollywood and Bollywood, of the perverseness of Uggs and tight pants, of the perverseness of discomforting looks from other creatures. Allahumma barik lana fi asma'ina wa absarina wa qulubina wa azwajina wa zurriyatina wa tuba alayna inna kanta tawab rahim Take 10 seconds. Ask from Allah. Cry to Allah. Thank Allah. Pray for your parents. Pray you can love them the way they want to be loved. Brothers, pray to become good listeners to your spouses. Sisters, pray for the patience to overcome your husband's anger. Unmarried brothers and sisters, make dua that Allah protects your chastity. Make dua for this ummah, it's bleeding. Make dua, Allah makes you a nurse of this ummah. One second. Are you all happy? Man, that's tough. Happy yo, yeso, tum logo? Huh? Chalta? If you're happy, say this with me. Raditu billah. It's a dot. Bring it from the side. Raditu billahi rabba. To Billahi Rabba Wabil Islami Dina. The next word is Wabi Muhammad. Wabi Muhammadin Nabiya. Allah, I am satisfied with you as my Lord. I am satisfied with Islam as my way of life. And I am satisfied with Muhammad as my prophet. I probably won't get to see you after this. I'm going to take off to see my penguins and then take my flight. May Allah bless all of you. I won't get a chance to shake your hands or to meet you appropriately. To, to my moms, again, till next year. It's always a pleasure to see you all. Uh, I mean, um, I, my mommy told not to give that up. My mommy said I'm not supposed to give my phone number out. I have a question from the brothers and I'll give my contact. Anyone who needs my contact, um, it's BR. This is going to be this is going to be email suicide. <laughs> be patient. All I'm going to say is just be patient. It's BR dot W I S A M 
at aqlonline.com. No, I won't repeat it. <laughs> Imam Malik was sharp, right? Imam Malik was sharp. Y'all gonna memorize some stuff now, inshallah. I will write it for you. All right. I'll take the question from the brother. No. Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Um, once again, Jazakumullah al-Khair for the opportunity. Um, it's going to be very difficult to follow anything after, even though it's not a talk, but just to share some thoughts, ideas, and some ilm that we may have learned. Right, some of the questions. We're going to try and take as many questions as we can in the short span of time that we have. Right, can you explain the concept of no... Uh, of an Islamic greeting in the bathroom because it's not a place to mention or remember Allah. What about the concept that Allah is present anywhere? We are American bathroom is filthy anyway. <laughs> All right. The thing is, um, you do not generally say. Um, I mean, it's not a place of obviously dhikr and so on. However, having said that, it is permissible in just a bathroom to say the name of Allah um, or to return a salam or so on. It is permissible. And I know that is pretty much generally the Maliki from Imam Malik and the other Imams weren't too much with that. I think Imam Awza'i kind of agreed with that. The thing is, the definition behind it is that a bathroom is just a regular place. Like, what is a bathroom? Like, if a bathroom was as big as this room here, would that make it okay then? Or if it was a particular, I don't know, a f five foot by six foot or whatever, something like this, would that make it impermissible then? What if it was out in the open? At what point does it become a bathroom? So taking these into consideration, what if you were just going to the toilet? I mean, we, we tend to say more just going to the toilet in the UK. But if you're going to the toilet in the desert, at what point does it become, oh, I'm now going to the toilet? So if you've just got a door and behind it, you've got the desert. So exactly. So from when you look at it like that, Imam Malik's type of ruling makes sense. It was more during the act of relieving yourself that you shouldn't be using the name of Allah. Because, you know, you're just concentrating on what you're doing. But it's not... <laughs> we should be. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not generally in the bathroom. Okay, if that makes sense. Uh, we'll try and knock out as many as we can. Do you want? I have a few that are very straightforward. Um, what are What is the best way to make dua format? Uh, people asked about the best way the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to make dua is to send peace and blessings on him first. Any dua that begins with the peace and blessings on me and ends with the peace and blessings on me, that dua will not be rejected. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala nabiyyina Muhammad. And then there are Surah Furqan, the last ruku will break down what you should do. You should praise Allah, send peace and blessings on the Prophet ﷺ, ask Allah for what you need and then praise him again. So that's the format. But for now, just get used to raising your hands in the middle of the day. That's the main thing. Get used to raising your hands in the middle of the day and get used to making dua without raising your hands at all. Um, how do I take care of addictions uh, in haram actions? Um, I feel helpless um, sometimes. The best way, the best way, the Prophet ﷺ said, the believer, not the kafir, the mushrik, or you know, the drug addict, the believer will make mistakes from time to time or will continue making sin until the day of judgment. Making mistakes is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are addicted to a substance that is binding to your blood, so it's smoke or uh, uh, goes in, you know, basically liquor, um, anything that goes into your body that's not natural, even like these bath salts and all these other craziness, Anything that, that you need to seek professional help, right? You need to get your body clean, clean, cleaned out. But if it's you're addicted to like pornography or you're addicted to um, a certain type of show or whatnot, you can start breaking things down by going back slowly, uh, meaning cut down slowly. Instead of going cold turkey, start uh, quarantining your mistake. Uh, 
Uh, I will give it over to our Sheikh on that. Inshallah. There are two questions for Malana Abdul Nasser that I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to touch. I'm actually going to uh, read this question and give it over to our Sheikh. Can you make dua for Allah to change your qadr? Out of my realm. Not really sure I can touch that one. So I'm going to... Uh, the question about destiny, qadr wal qada. Uh, this is a very complex topic. At times... Sorry, excuse the gum. Okay, it's too late to spit it out now. Um, <laughs> it's At times it may seem counter-rational. Qadr wal qada. But in the big bigger scheme of things or in the bigger picture it's actually very rational how could there be this absolute being this god that is all powerful all knowledgeable and not have power over uh, not have power over people and what they do or be unaware in my understanding of destiny the best metaphor or simile i can give for this day and age is like that of you have computer games where you're in a particular set game and so many outcomes have already been designed. Okay? But you may not reach those. You may reach certain, you may reach a particular level, you may reach, you may clock the game, you may not, you may. But yet, it's all been designed before. You cannot, however, change the game entirely. You cannot all of a sudden say, okay, now I'm playing a totally different game. You are limited, you are bound, you are restricted, yet you have a certain amount of freedom. The difference is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his knowledge is perfect and complete. He is completely aware of the choices that you will be making. But the choices are left to you. So in that sense, can dua, was it about can dua change qadr? Uh, dua in a hadith, it, does, it, uh, it turns away calamities. You've heard such uh, a speech about du'as. So and in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, Silatul Arham, that keeping good ties with your relatives. And this could be extended in this day and age with also, you know, close communities, friends, that this increases in your age. So that also shows that destiny and all of these things are, it is from destiny, meaning that if you chose to do that, you will end at this point. If you didn't choose to do it, you'll probably end at this point. It's a bit... Allahu alam, it's possibly a bit like that. Okay, shall we just. Um, there's a. Well, um, oh, okay, there was a talk. <coughs> the question about uh, somebody loving the talk I did on Urf. Jazakumullah al khair. <laughs> no, it's good to see that if some people have benefited from certain things, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase us all in, in knowledge understanding but i need some somebody said but i need some clarification on the distinction between what is acceptable in 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 custom and what is bid'ah it seems at times some customs are harmless how can i see bid'ah is to do with the deen customs are not necessarily to do with the deen uh, and i mean by bid'ah to do with the deen in a sense of as the way imam shatabi defines bid'ah he says that is an innovated pathway into the deen. Um, what you intend to kind of get by going on this path is, uh, he, he says, it's like exaggeration. And he says, it's in worship. Okay, he has this type of link, that he, uh, this type of restriction that bid'ah is to do with worship. So it's not to do with, oh, uh, somebody's wearing glasses, this is a bid'ah. Or somebody's wearing a particular, driving a particular type of car, then have had cars back in the day of the Prophet, this is a bid'ah. I mean, linguistically, that may be a bid'ah, but legally, shara'an, Islamically, legally, that's not a bid'ah. Uh, the law is just, the Islamic law is just concerned with worship and things like that, and belief. So customs, as I explained yesterday, define things like, language they define interaction they define what is deemed acceptable in terms of um like this i suppose getting together like this uh, this this i suppose in some cultures they might freak out with something like this in other cultures they wouldn't it's just about kind of being a bit aware being astute of what the custom says and then i did say the difficult thing is in places like the west in it is 
at times there's a very overriding individualistic culture. So it's difficult to, it's all about individualism. So there isn't an overriding culture sometimes. So that's got to be taken into consideration. There's a question here actually about. Um, I mean, I'll just. The thing is, just very briefly, if, if I can kind of say to that, because there's quite a few questions short on time as well. The thing is that the concept of bid'ah and things which are. I, my simple advice personally will be that of, and I recognize the difference of opinion. It's, I'm not unaware of it. I recognize the schools have disagreed on whether there can be good bid'ah and bad bid'ah. And, and although the uh, a lot of the Hanfi school and the Shafi'i school uh, accepted it pretty early on, and the Maliki school originally didn't, and neither did the Hanbali, and then later Maliki have accepted it as well. But my personal understanding is that of Imam Malik, it is always safer to stick with the Sunnah. However, so it's like if you've got a lot of time to do something, some worship, then Allah has, and you've got the intelligence to do that, and the willpower, then you've indeed you have been blessed. And you should, in my advice, to stick to the Sunnah. However, when advising people, I will say, please use a lot of hikmah, a lot of wisdom. These things are sometimes very dear to people. If I, I personally won't necessarily partake in or, or believe in some of these things, but if I was in a gathering and people were doing I would probably just sit there because I, and join in in a sense that I know that if I don't, it would probably create more of a fitna. And I'd rather teach people, if I can, with any little wisdom that I have. So that's all I'd say, inshallah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy. Just m- moving on very quickly, there's, um, there's a question which I'm going to leave for Ustad, uh, which will be about, which you can answer afterwards, is how to become a wali. That's, <laughs> that's for the Ustad, definitely. Um, there's a few questions here, which I'll just sum into one. They're about jealousy and also uh, the Ustad to kind of add to that. But I just want to say about things like the evil eye, there's a mention in there. And this is going to probably rock the boat for a few. But I think personally, I don't believe too much in things like the evil eye and in stuff like a lot of these superstitions. I believe that when the Prophet ﷺ said Al-Ain Haq, that the evil eye is true, he was talking about that, that it is a reality and that it has its harmful effect. He was talking about in terms of outcome. Like meaning that when somebody's so jealous, there will inevitably be an a negative and evil outcome from that. So when like if I'm if somebody's hating on somebody and they're going, oh, and it's so like, oh, I can't stand this person and so on, usually that will cause some type of evil harm. And that was the harm that the Prophet was talking about, in my understanding. I accept that's a minority view. Um, but I don't believe, I, tr- I try to guide people, Allahu Alam, in my understanding, to, away from superstition as much as possible. And I know a lot of ulama may take the, uh, do take the other things literally, but I feel that Islam came to take people away from superstition into certainty. And the more we believe in just Allah, and Allah is doing everything, and we, He has given us free will, the less we blame on the reason I'm ill or the reason I failed in this or the, you know this person, the reason this broke was he looked at it in this particular way, the guy's jealous and they all hate on me, they're all like this, they're all like this. If they if people can move away from that type of a culture, in my understanding there's khayr in it. Um, would you like to say something? I will mirror what the, our Sheikh said, uh, that we, uh, people come to me, brothers usually come, my wife has a jinn. Why? She doesn't listen to me. Really? My husband has a jinn. Why? I don't know. It's, it's just, everything's jinn. The husband wife don't get along. Jinn. My kid doesn't eat his vegetables. Wallahi. My own jinn. Oh, babu. <laughs> Evil eye and all this other stuff. Um, can I tell you the narration of our teachers who, who would extract jinn from people and say, when we made our morning, evening dua, jinn would come to us and say, we want to hurt you, but we can't because you made these dua. If you want to go that route, you could. So just stick to reading Quran, uh, obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if there is that other that other world there that is uh, bothering you, you'll be protected from Ayatul Kursi after every Farth prayer. Morning, evening du'as. Everyone, anyone, Dr. Farth's book on the Asbah now. It's a very good, small little purple book. Uh, Hisnul Muslim. Anybody? Yeah, keep those up. The jinn will come up to you and be like, ah, and you'll be like, yep, got du'a. So inshallah, we, uh, we keep that in mind. Please keep jealousy to a, to a minimum because 
The Prophet ﷺ said, it's okay for me. I like his shoes. His shoes are nice. It's okay to like what someone else has. Try not to say, MashaAllah. Anyone know what to say? You could say, Tabarakallah. Say it with me. Tabarakallah. Kallah. Good. Tabarakallah. It means uh, if you have a nice purse and I for some reason wanted to match my tobe, then I will say Tabarakallah. May Allah increase, keep your purse safe and increase me, uh, keep yours and give me one of the same Tabarakallah and mashallah we use for things uh, outside. There were some really nice questions about how can you become hafil? Now, I would love to, but this one question I'll take. If there are five du'as that you can, uh, you can kind of highlight, um, I, I made a list of 24 adi'iyya, 24 du'as, all of the ones I make here in front of you and on stage, even the ones I whisper to myself. I made a, a 24 videos and I placed them online. It's, it's, it's all there. You could get them now. It's called AQL Online. Auntie, I already wrote it for you. It's, it's at the top. Uh, AQLonline.com slash du'a review. Du'a, D-U-A, review. And all 24, there's the PDF of the text the translation, what book of hadith it's from, because again, we don't want to be on the bidah machine. So we want to make sure we're doing things that Prophet ﷺ did. And then I give you a video. My favorite dua, by the way, though, is day number five. You can go find it. Best is my favorite dua. Allahumma inni asaluka hubbak. This is the love. That's all I want. I'm going to be a sinner till I die. But I just want Allah's love. So inshallah, try to focus on that. Um, how to memorize Quran. I wish I could tackle this. Bi-idhnillah. Um, Make dua, someone else will answer the question better. I think our time has expired. I'm going to give it over to our Mufti, inshallah. Uh, if you have any other major questions, uh, seek knowledge. Mufti Asif lives. How many people go to Mufti Asif's masjid? He's baller. I love him. Why don't you? Y'all should love him too. Take care of him and ask him a good question. He'll be able to help you. Mufti Asif in the black, blue shirt. Yeah, yeah. The kid in the blue shirt. <laughs> okay, this uh It's a question here about uh, reading Quran off an electric device, presumably like an iPad or something. Um, it, I'm not sure what it, the question says. Does it have less value? Reciting the words of Allah will always be an incredibly rewarding uh, action, and Allah will always reward you for them. And it's not of less value how you recite them, although. There, there may be some different legal rulings to if you had it on an electrical device, if you're asking about do you necessarily need to have wudu to be carrying it on and things like that. I don't think you need wudu if there was a Quran on your iPad, like for having it on your iPad and you're carrying your iPad in that sense as an electronic device, it's not the same as a mushaf. But once you've got it open, it is still the words of Allah. For you to read them, you'll be having the same, you'll be having the same type of reward, uh, inshallah, that you would be from reading for reading from a mushaf so i hope that answers that um there seem to be a lot of uh, there's a, an interesting question here but it's too time consuming unfortunately um, <laughs> it's really one which is asking about the concept of justice and how can it be that allah um created the world in such a way where some people get everything and some people just get he says killed and raped and so on and other people get perfect lives and how is this fear and how is that Subhanallah, it's an absolute philosophy question, and philosophy is an area that I actually do love. Uh, I would personally love to answer that in so much depth, but I can't. I'm restricted by time. The thing is that we have to understand that this, the creation belongs to Allah, ultimately. But you have to remember that Allah has allowed people to have free will. And people can like conduct or carry out injustices against people. Allah is not forcing them to do it against people. You see, people can be, it's like, um, you know, it's like Freud said that we are more moral, you know, we are, uh, we are much more moral than we think, yet far more immoral than we can even imagine. And the thing is that people, when they're left to their devices, they, and people can become if you want to call it evil or whatever. And so it's people doing it. That's my point anyway. It's not Allah doing it. But I would love to, inshallah, maybe some point in the future, maybe online, Facebook or YouTube, I'll get something, inshallah, on that. There seem to be a lot on uh, things like uh, on that jealousy thing, which we've already covered. There seem to be a lot on like 
rumors and somebody's spreading a rumor about this sister and somebody's doing this and this. It's like being in a secondary school. <laughs> I'm surprised. I mean, I, I teach at a secondary school, so I, I'm like, what? <laughs> what on earth is going on here? It's all like, this person's spreading a rumor about me. I think, on a serious note, I mean, all the adab and all the etiquettes and the social thing, I think a lot has been said yesterday by a lot of the asatida. And I think a lot of these things you already know the answers to. You already know sometimes what's right, what's wrong when you're behaving in a particular way. It's about developing maturity. And everybody's doing it. And we all need to be developing it even further. It's, it's, it's a lifelong experience. When, we look back, when I look back at myself a few years ago, just a few years, I would think, I would think, whoa, that, damn, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to kind of be, I wouldn't like to meet that person now. And then I think, okay, where I am now, and then I think, well, I wonder what I'll be like in a few years' time, and how my thought processes have changed, my ideas have changed. How, and this is what it's about. It's about developing throughout life. So, you know, we all, and, and a key thing is seriously connect yourself with this tradition, and connect yourself with it. It lies in there and it lies in there. It's not, I mean, what obviously appearance and things like this are important, but that's these things are superficial. The true identity will lie within. We have to reconnect with it. Okay? So the rumors and all these type of things on jealousy, there were a few questions on things like this, and I think the answer to them is really, you already know the answer in that way. And so, um, does the shaitan run away when the electronic adhan goes off? Whoa! <laughs> Imagine <laughs> the electronic shaitan runs away. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, is it okay to have conflicts with your husbands and feel good? I mean, same type of thing with that rumor. And I think same type of thing about, look, it's people are human beings and just face it. And they need to, you see, Islam is one thing. Islam doesn't necessarily teach you the guidelines of how to become mature. It just tells you, look, just mature up. It doesn't necessarily say, okay, this is your first step to become a second step. But a lot of these things that you've heard of today, a lot of these things will be excellent uh, signposts along the way. I'll, I'm just, that's, um, that's going to be a, definitely a good one on dua. Um, I'm just seeing if there's any others on dua as well. I could just point them to the share. About, here, share, maybe this as well. This is probably, I think, linked to a dua. How can I soften my heart? I see people crying when they speak about the Prophet of Allah, but I can't. Um. Inshallah, we'll close on this. Uh, if you want to cry when you think about someone, you have to love them. You have to love them a lot, right? You have to, the thought of them not being there. When Bilal radiallahu an got to the first adhan after Fatimah, after the Prophet passed away, you know that he couldn't give adhan for like like six months or something. Why? He couldn't say, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan. He couldn't say Ashadwana Muhammadan Rasulullah because he couldn't say the name of my Prophet because he loved him. Love the Prophet, you'll learn to cry, you'll learn to make dua. Um, there's a narration that when the Sahaba used to leave each other's gathering, because I think we're closing on this, they would recite what surah? Good. Just on the thing, I just want to say on, and the Sheikh Ustaz will close it with the dua, that speaking of love for the Messenger, there's a very interesting hadith. Where this companion keeps coming to the Prophet and he keeps saying, Mata sa'a, when's the final hour? And the Prophet's just ignoring him. And he's like, and he's like, No, Mata sa'a, Mata sa'a, he's like, when, When's the hour? When's the hour? When's the hour? And the Prophet, in a very practical way, just turns to him in a very pragmatic type of manner, turns to him. And instead of like saying, oh, well, it's going to be like this and engaging. And this is also, once again, I mean, we can't go into it, but this also shows the, the psychology of how to deal with people. Instead of just engaging in that level, circumvents all of that and goes straight to the point. First of all, he's trying to ignore him. He's trying, no, no, matasa'a, matasa'a, matasa'a. Prophet says, he says like, in other words, like, what's your point? Like, what have you actually prepared for it? Like, you know, you're going, when's this hour, when's this hour, when's this hour? Like, what, are, what, what do you want? Like, what's your point? Like, what have you actually prepared for this, for this hour? And he says, nothing except that I love Allah and His Messenger. And the Prophet ﷺ said, 
a person, المرعو, that a person will be with who they love on the day of judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all from those people. Ameen. Wal Asr, the surah is Wal Asr. The Sahaba, you wouldn't leave each other without reciting Wal Asr. St. Louis, I have a six hour flight home. Please illuminate my flight home. But family, that they feel the same happiness that you did. Jazakallah khairan wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah from all the speakers to slew. Y'all kill it every year. And Jazakallah khairan for killing it this year. We'll see you all. If Allah wills and gives us life till next year. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.